What's up, everyone? Good morning. Welcome to our Sunday morning online Water's Edge worship experience. Once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. For those of you that continue to share these links and videos with your friends and family, people that are close to you, thank you so much for doing that. We have people that are tuning in from all over the place, even other countries. For those of you that continue to give online, thank you so much for your generosity. You're allowing us to help so many people, shelter people, feed people with Miss Kelly and her team. You're allowing us to provide so much ministry for people here. So thank you so much for doing that. We deeply appreciate you and we love you. Today, we continue with our current New Year's series entitled Rivals, how to make sure we can align our wants and our values, how to make sure that our wants and our values are not different pieces to the same puzzle of our life, how to make sure that they're not at odds with each other. Because think about this. Think about all the times in your life when what you wanted right now could have absolutely been the worst thing for you. This happens in our life when our wants and our values are rivals and they're not aligned with each other. Okay, so we just ended an old year. We just started a brand new year, 2022. And this is the time of the year when people start to make resolutions. We make resolutions about how we want to stop eating unhealthy, less sugar, less alcohol. We want to give up unhealthy habits. We want to start saving extra money. We want to get in better shape. We want to spend more time with our friends and family and our loved ones and our close ones. We want to work on our faith and our walk with God and on and on. But this is what I've noticed about New Year's resolutions. Many times, every single New Year rolls around, we usually make the same ones over and over again. Not all the time, but many times we make the same ones over and over again because the resolutions that we do make just don't last very long in our life. And most of the time, we feel guilty because we just go right back to the same old ways and the same old patterns and the same old excuses and the same old habits and actions. And then we usually think or we usually say something like this. And this is the first thing that I want you to notice today. So if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. This is what we usually say when we go back to our old ways and patterns and habits and excuses. We say, I don't know why I try because this is just who I am. I don't know why I just don't give up. I don't know why I keep trying to change this about my life or to make this better in my life because this must be just who I am. I've always struggled with this. I've always battled with this. I've always dealt with this. I've always had this weakness. I've always been this way. This is just who I am. And many times we say that because our wants and our values are not aligned with each other. In the puzzle of our life, when our wants and our values should be the same piece, we feel this way many times because they are different pieces. And so what happens is this, we buy into this excuse that no real significant changes can happen in our life because this is just who I am. And so we pointed this observation out last week and noticed this, when your circumstances are in pieces and you lose what you cherish in life, you better know who you are in that moment and you better know who you are to Jesus Christ and in God. We're all gonna go through seasons in this life when things feel like they're just falling apart, falling to pieces. We cherish our family. We cherish our image. We cherish our faith. We cherish our health. We cherish our security. We cherish our reputation and our stuff. But how do we respond when what we cherish leaves our life? What do we do then? If you don't know who you are then, specifically, if you don't know who you are to Jesus and in God then, then you're going to continue to fall apart and you'll have a difficult time putting the pieces of your life back together. Then your heart and mind and life will be filled with, and notice this today, this is the second thing I want to point out to you. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. Your heart and your mind will be filled with panic, stress, depression, hopelessness, and impatience. And if you're not careful, then you'll start to believe that these things in my life, this is just who I am. 
I'm someone who panics. The stress, this depression, this hopelessness, this impatience, this is just who I am. But you have to understand that to Jesus, that's not who you are. This is just how you are when your wants and your values are not aligned. That's not who you are. That's just how you are when following Jesus has not become the main priority and passion of your life. And we pointed out this also last week. In Christ, this is what our life should look like. Like this is the final overall picture of what our life should look like. This is where we are heading. This is where our choices and our decisions and our actions and our reactions and our faith and our purpose and our intentionality should be leading us. Our life should look like this. It should be filled with peace, joy, love, purpose, and being like Jesus, Christ-likeness. This is the exact opposite of panic, stress, depression, hopelessness, and impatience. It's the exact opposite. And the only way to reach this destination in your life is to make sure that your wants and your values are aligned and to make sure that following Jesus is your priority. Who are you to God? Loved? Hold on to that. Paid for by his blood? Hold on to that. Forgiven? Accepted? His child? His friend? Redeemed? Hold on to these things. Why? Because you're going to need it when life becomes a puzzle, a puzzle and it's falling to pieces. Now, most of us would say that our life is in pieces almost like a puzzle because some parts of my life right now, they're not too bad. In fact, they're going pretty good. They're going pretty great. But other parts of my life are confusing and, and tough and difficult and exhausting and falling apart. And so the question is, when it feels like certain pieces of my life are falling apart, how do I pick up the pieces of my life and put it back together again? Now, a puzzle comes in a box, and on the front of that box, you have the finished picture of what the puzzle should look like. This finished final picture is your guide. This is how you know this is where I'm going. This is what the puzzle is supposed to look like. This is the destination. This lets you know where to put the specific pieces. And so if you didn't have that final picture, you would never be able to figure out where the pieces go. So we could say that the overall picture of the puzzle actually gives you the destination what it's supposed to end up looking like. Now, the overall picture of our life, again, is peace, joy, love, purpose, and being Christ-like. This is where our life is going. This is where our life should be heading. This is our guide. This is the final picture. This is our destination. This is what allows us to filter our choices and our decisions and our actions and our reactions through. The final picture of my life is peace, joy, love, purpose, and being like Jesus. In fact, we find all of this in just two verses of the Bible, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against such things. There's no argument against these things. When Jesus is our priority and our passion, when our wants and our values are aligned, this should be where our life is headed. This should be the final overall picture. Now, could you honestly say that this is the most accurate way to describe your life and your feelings and your relationships and your outlook and your faith and your attitude, that it's full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and purpose and being like Jesus? Or would you say that most of the time your life or, or parts of your life is best described as panic, stress, depression, hopelessness, impatience? If so, it could be because you're not living this life in a way that allows your wants and your values to align and it's going to get you to your preferred destination in life. When life starts to fall apart, 
If you don't focus your heart on letting Jesus be your main priority, and if you don't focus your heart to align your wants and your values, then you're going to continue to fall apart. And how empty and discouraging is it when it feels like your life has no direction? So empty, so frustrating. Notice what the prophet Jeremiah says about this life that can fall apart sometimes. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 14. I'm going to read this verse out of the message translation. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. He says, God, pick up the pieces, pick up the pieces of my life. Put me back together again. You are my praise. Jeremiah says, God, my life is puzzling. My life is falling apart. My life is in pieces. Please, I'm following you. I want my wants and my values to be aligned. I want you to be my passion and priority. Help me put the pieces of my life back together again. And then you see where he says, you are my praise. This is what he means. He means, God, you are my focus. You are my direction. You are my overall picture of where my life is headed. You're my guide. You're my passion. You're my priority. You are what I want, God, and you are what I value. And I want my wants and my values to align. God, without you, my life will always look like this. A life of panic, stress, worry, hopelessness, depression, impatience. But Jesus, with you, I could finally see the overall picture. I could finally see what my life should look like and what my life can be and how my life can be and where my life is going. A person of peace, joy, love, purpose, and being like Jesus. I got a call from a friend of mine the other day, and he was calling to talk to me about another friend of ours. And he said that he was very worried about him because he thought that he was suicidal. And so I checked on him, and then my friend checked on him, and he ended up being okay for a time. But as we were talking to him, this was the reason that he felt so low and broken and exhausted and just in pieces and wanting to give up. He kept saying, I thought my life was going to end up different than this. I thought my life was going to end up better than this. I really don't know where my life is headed. I have no direction, and I don't know what to do. How discouraging is that? When you feel like your life has no direction, it'll always return back to that panic and that stress and that hopelessness and that impatience, and it'll be who you are, and it'll also be how you are. Now, when your life looks like this, panic, stress, hopelessness, no hope, negative, impatient, that not only affects you, but it also affects your relationships. And your life will always feel like it's in pieces and falling apart if your personal relationships always have tension. If your personal relationships with the people in your life are always at odds, always rivals, always have tension, then it's always going to feel like your life is exhausting and stressful and full of anxiety and hopelessness. It's going to feel like it's in pieces. So because of that, notice this today. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. When your relationships are in pieces, what counts is not just who you are, but how you are. What really counts is not just who you are, but how you are. Now, last week we talked about one of the keys that we need to effectively put a puzzle together, and that key was focus. But another key that we need in order to put a puzzle together to make sure all the pieces go where they're supposed to go is this. This is what it is, and remember this. I also need to stay patient. If you're not patient, you'll never finish a puzzle. It takes a lot of focus and a lot of patience. And the same is true for our life when it's in pieces. And the fruit of the Spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience. We have to be focused and we have to be patient. And this is what our life should look like. And I think we could all agree that some patience would probably help a lot of our relationships right now. 
patience would help a lot of us. But it never fails. Someone always says, but Tony, this is just who I am. I've always been this way. Well, understand, that's not always what counts. What always doesn't count is not who you are, but how you are. Being gentle and patient may not be who you are right now, but be gentle and patient anyway. Being peaceful and kind may not be who you are right now, but do it anyway. Being joyful and forgiving may not be who you are right now, but be joyful and forgiving anyway. It needs to be how you are, even if it feels like it's not who you are right now, because it can still be how you are, even if it's not really who you are. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. And so many times we think this, I can never change how I am until I change who I am. And I've been this way for so long that it just feels impossible for me to change because I can't change how I am unless I change who I am. When in reality, that's not true at all. It's hogwash and slop. It actually works the exact opposite way. And this is what I mean. And notice this today. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. If you want to change who you are, then start by changing how you are. Now, let me explain it this way. In the Gospel of John, Jesus says that we experience him in a personal way when we first start to obey the commands and the teachings and the Word of God. And so we can experience God, but it always takes us to take the first step in obedience and to obey his teachings and his commands and his word. When everything in you is screaming to be angry and to lash out and to panic, be gentle and patient and kind and loving and self-controlled anyway. When everything in you is screaming to be stressed out and to bury yourself in sadness and to not forgive, be gentle and patient and kind and forgiving and self-controlled anyway. When everything in you is screaming to give up and quit and run away, be gentle and patient and kind and good and faithful and forgiving and loving and self-controlled anyway. There needs to come a time in your life when you stop using the excuse that this is just who I am. Because just because that is who you are, it doesn't mean that's how you have to be all the time. And if you'll change how you are, then who you are will change. When life feels like it's a puzzle, when it feels like it's confusing and falling to pieces, stay focused on who God calls you to be. Peaceful, joyful, loving, have purpose in your life and being like Jesus. And also stay patient. You may not feel like being peaceful and joyful and loving and like Jesus all the time. And if you are right now, that's awesome. But if not, hold on and keep fighting. When you choose to be this way anyway, sooner or later, it'll change who you are because you're changing how you are. Panic, stress, depression, hopelessness, impatience. Sadly, this is how you are when you lose sight of the fact that your wants and your values should be the same thing, when they should be aligned. Panic and stress and hopelessness and depression and impatience, this is how you are when you lose sight of Jesus being your priority. So who does God say that we are? Notice this, John 15, 13. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus called you his friend. 1 John 5, 4, for every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. He called us children of God who have victory because of our faith in God. That's who we are. Ephesians 1, 5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and, he gave, and it gave him great pleasure. We're adopted by God. You're God's pleasure. Don't lose sight of that 
He brought you into his family because you are his pleasure. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us a long time ago. Before you were ever born, God had a pathway and a destination, an overall picture of what your life should look like. And the main part of that was doing good things for people around you, doing good for others. And then he called you his masterpiece. That's who you are to God. And so if you don't like who you are, then start by changing how you are. And if you do that, watch God eventually change who you are. Okay, one last crucial thing. Right now we're all in church. Or you're listening and you're tuning in. And for us, that could be a problem. Because for so long, we were led to think and we were taught to believe this in church. We've been led to think that I can never change who I am until I let God change who I am on the inside. So we put it all off on God. If I let God change me on the inside, then how I am on the outside will eventually change. We've all heard that before. And then we say things like, I prayed, but nothing happened. I tried, but nothing happened. I placed my faith in God, but nothing happened. I got more involved at church, but nothing happened. But if following Jesus automatically, if giving your life to Jesus automatically changed who you are on the inside and how you are on the outside, then the only thing the Bible would ever tell us was just to follow Jesus. But all throughout the New Testament, Jesus and the other letters of the Bible, other books of the Bible, constantly would talk about other things like love and forgiveness and prayer and reconciliation and relationships and temptation and giving and generosity and servanthood and worship and joy and heartache and relationships and on and on. Why? Because this is how God works. God gives us a calling, a command, a picture. And then when we obey it, it starts to change us. We first change how we are and then who we are starts to change and this is why he calls us disciples so gentleness being kind being joyful being loving and peaceful and forgiving and on and on may not be who you feel like being right now but discipline yourself and do it anyway and once it becomes how you are then eventually it'll be who you are Matthew 28 18 through 20 Jesus came and told his disciples I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He called us disciples because sometimes in this life, if you want to change who you are by changing how you are, it takes discipline. And Jesus said that if we discipline ourselves and we obey his direction, then we will experience him. And when we do that, we'll have peace, joy, hope, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. And this is what our life will look like. And we'll start to put the pieces of our life back together again. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We love you. We can't wait to see you back next week.